This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network. My latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In today's episode, I have Maurice Gilbert. Maurice is the founder of Concilium. Concilium is one of the top executive search firms in America, and it focuses on chief compliance officers and compliance professionals. We take a look at the hiring process now for both corporations and for candidates during the time of coronavirus. I know you will find it useful. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again for another episode. And today I have with me Maurice Gilbert. Maurice and I have known each other for uh, quite a while. I think back into actually the last decade or the first first decade of this century, I should say. So, Maurice, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me the, uh, today. Looking forward to it, Tom. So, Maurice, uh, what are you up to these days? Well, of course, I'm doing executive search um, in the compliance space. Um, and I'm also doing executive coaching. So uh, there's a little bit of a lull currently uh, due to the COVID situation. And a lot of executives ask me for career advice. So that's one of the things I've been doing to, um, as we go through a little bit of a lull here. But uh, there are some activities um, on the search side, and in particular, uh, I've completed some searches in uh, Asia-Pacific region. Uh, countries like Thailand, Vietnam, Turkey have done some searches most recently in the Middle East, in Saudi Arabia, and United Arab Emirates. And uh, we're being asked to do some searches in Africa, just completed the search in Morocco. So uh, there are some um, regions of the world that are still quite active, and, and I would call those emerging markets. So I wanted to ask you, Maurice, about obviously the coronavirus health crisis, but also the economic downturn and the challenges that has put in front of compliance professionals. In terms of the hiring process, what are some of the top three challenges you've seen? Well, Firstly, um, uh, I have seen uh, some companies, um, unfortunately, that, that are not and never have been quite serious about compliance. 
I have seen some do some contracting in a um, a blatant, let's say, across the board, we're going to cut, you know, 50% of our workforce. So unfortunately, I've seen a little bit of that, not that much. Um, the other dynamic I'm seeing is some searches um, uh, that we've been asked to uh, engage on have been put on hold, rightly so. Um, and um, there's another dynamic. Um, I'm seeing some professionals uh, not being receptive to opportunities uh, right now that we've reached out to uh, due to the uncertainty. So um, the bottom line is hiring authorities uh, certainly need to be creative at this moment um, until this crisis uh, uh, plays out and uh, certainly need to be concerned primarily as they look to hire to address the safety issues of professionals. And, and those um, are expressed specifically by the professionals and hiring authorities need to be attentive to see if they could accommodate those, those issues that are expressed specifically and, and they are different amongst each professional. So those are some observations I see there. Maurice, if I could switch over to the compliance officer, the CCO side of the equation, and you mentioned you're doing uh, professional coaching. So I wanted to ask maybe what should a, a CCO or compliance professional be thinking about now in terms of employability? Is there anything different they should be doing? And and then maybe do you even see the skill set for a CCO changing in the age of coronavirus? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so first and foremost, whether it's this crisis that we're all confronted with or whether um, there is stability, the, the main thing I see is that whether it's the chief compliance officer or, or others like VP level, director level, I see a demand for constantly reinventing oneself. And um, I actually have a sign on my desk that I look at every day to that effect, that you constantly have to be rent, reinventing yourself to be relevant and uh, to be uh, highly sought after in the market. In particular, uh, here are some observations that I see. Um, and this has been trending for a while, um, but and it continues to be important that the paradigm of the compliance officer has to be a business partner. They're there to educate and inform the business leaders on how to be attentive to risk and how to take ownership of risk. Because uh, effective compliance uh, departments are not effective if, if they're thought of as the, um, taking ownership of compliance. That really needs to be pushed out to the business itself 
and the compliance professionals need to do that and uh, educate and let the business owners take on that responsibility because it's, it's their job. And that's the only way uh, a, a compliance program could really be effective if it's pushed down to the business level. A few other dynamics I see that um, facilitate somebody being very, very high-level successful uh, as a compliance officer is they need to be a great communicator. And this could be sharpened up by uh, making a point to do public speaking and really become um, a student of how to present ideas because what we do as compliance officers is we sell ideas, we sell concepts, and one really needs to be um, very uh, top of the line in their communications to do that effectively. A few other dynamics that I see, um, being a project manager, because uh, compliance officers have an idea of something they wish to accomplish, but they need to be um, and harness the effectiveness of their team as far as um, really uh, rolling out uh, programs in an effective manner. So project management um, really becomes a, a key skill set in doing so. A um, few other things of note, um, a compliance officer really wants to um, study data analytics and become fluent on how uh, data analytics could help the compliance program in general. Now, I'm not talking about this person becoming a technology expert but understanding how uh, big data could be harnessed. And I've seen situations like with a client of ours like Teva Pharmaceutical, and they partnered with ENY on a big data project to manage third-party risk. And uh, they actually uh, wrote up a, a case study, which is available. So. Uh, that is becoming increasingly important as we have access to data, but you have to harness that data to uh, help facilitate uh, a cohesive compliance program. Um, one other final thought uh, perhaps would be compliance professionals need to be plugged in is a term I use. They, they have to be reading constantly. They have to be reading uh, uh, publications like uh, Corporate Compliance Insights, which I founded over 10 years ago. They have to be reading your book, uh, which is in its uh, second edition, um, FCPA. Um, I, I don't know the exact term. Help me out here. Um, but it's, it's your second edition, I believe, of FCPA uh, compliance. So, so they need to be basically a student of the game. They need to be constantly reading, attending conferences, 
really being plugged in because the world changes at lightning speed. So those are some general observations I see that I, I think professionals want to stay very cognizant of. Reese, if I could change the focus just a little bit, you were one of the early adopters of social media in the compliance field by founding Corporate Compliance Insights. Uh, how would you say social media has changed the hiring process really up, and, up to 2020 and perhaps even beyond? Well, great question. Social media um, of course, you have tools like LinkedIn, so I'm not quite sure if that's what you may be referring to but but um, I see these social platforms that facilitate in-house recruiting teams to be able to reach out to uh, talent directly. I see that as, you know, a somewhat new phenomenon. Um, I see uh, situations in which sometimes uh, companies are reviewing the social postings of professionals to see if there's any red flags. And I know of one particular situation. It didn't happen with one of our searches, but um, I was talking to another recruiter, um, and he alerted me that uh, one of his candidates um, was making comments uh, of a personal nature um, on a site, and, and they were kind of, I'd say, alt-right um, in nature. And uh, so, the, you know, we have to be vigilant and careful and use discretion because you could be saying things on the internet that could come back to bite you. So that, that's a situation that I've become somewhat uh, familiar with. Um, so those are some observations um, that, that I've seen as, as, as far as, you know, social media are concerned. Maurice, you, you mentioned one of the things a candidate or potential candidate in the compliance field can do is to, to raise their profile, would be writing articles on a site like CCI or contributing, I should say, or contributing to other uh, compliance sites in an overall discussion. Is that uh, something that you find helpful to raise a candidate's profile, or, or is it really agnostic? No, th those are some very critical things. So again, let, let's review raising one's profile. You need to be attending the compliance congresses. And there's ways to do it. You, you could, if you don't have um, the confidence just yet, you could attend as an attendee. Uh, once you build up some confidence, um, if it takes a while, you could present. Um, those, that's imperative um, to, to be uh, really seen and perhaps as a speaker be seen as a subject matter expert. Um, being uh, perhaps uh, afforded the opportunity to participate in one of your podcasts 
is another venue. Um, uh, writing articles for a publication is, is clearly another venue. Um, and one should be very cognizant also of taking on uh, assignments within your own company that may be, quote, outside of your normal scope of work, but may afford you greater visibility. Um, I remember when I worked at GE, um, I can't remember the specific opportunity, but um, there was an opportunity to do something. I think it was a volunteer project. And uh, it, it garnered me greater visibility among the executives uh, because they were keen on sponsoring uh, this. So there's a myriad of ways of, the, uh, of uh, garnering that visibility um, and certainly um, building out your network um, is, is important, um, your network of professionals, colleagues. Um, there's, there's a great book that I read years ago. I forgot the author's name, but um, the title of the book is Dig Your Well Before You Get Thirsty. So building out a network is another way to, to gain visibility with your colleagues. So those are some ideas there. Bruce, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering uh, if anyone wanted to contact you with a follow-up or questions, uh, how could they do so? Sure. Um, my phone number, the best number to reach me is 214-213-8875. And then my um, business um, email is maurice at concilium.com. And if, if uh, that, that's on my profile, on my LinkedIn profile that information as well. So if somebody didn't quite garner that right now, all they need to do is go to Maurice Gilbert and on LinkedIn and they'll see my entire profile, articles I've written, things I've done, and, and that information. Maurice, I wanted to uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me. And as we move towards uh, the second half or into the second half of 2020 and perhaps 2021, I hope I could call upon you for some more guidance around the executive hiring process during this time. It's my pleasure, Tom. I, I always enjoy our conversations and uh, always look to participate with you because you've created a, a great vehicle for our community in general, both as an author and conducting these podcasts and your uh, speaking engagement. So um, I love to be associated with with uh, people at the uh, front end, and um, it's always a pleasure. 
Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This is the only B2B podcast which brings clear and sane information for both the compliance professional and the business executive. If I could ask you uh, to do one thing, if you could tell one person about this podcast, I'm trying to get the word out uh, about this most unique podcast in the Compliance Podcast Network. So if you could tell one person about it, send them a copy, send them a link, do something uh, to help me publicize this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Compliance and Coronavirus is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network, and it appears Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of each week. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.